following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for Fans by Fans, right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, and one of your hosts, and alongside with me for your discussion topic episodes, it is the one, the only Wizard of Jaws, Derek Jaws. How the hell are you? Hey, friend, I'm doing pretty good. A lot better than I was the last couple of weeks. Yeah, feeling good. Feeling good. Uh, you know, I'm a little beat up from playing football last night, but uh. <laughs> Bill's got a big win. Colts got a big win. He did. And that makes this that 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 makes this Sunday a big game. Yes, it is uh certainly intriguing. A lot of eyes on Bills and Patriots, uh AFC East type crown on the line. Um, so should be some exciting stuff there. Um yeah, it's gonna be a good one. Good Christmas weekend. Good Christmas weekend uh to, for some football. Um usually football is kind of boring around this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> right uh, everything's kind of winding down year. not this year no no not no. this year hell no to this year um usually every other year though it's uh it's it's pretty it's it's mostly kind of boring but yeah we still have a, a lot of football to go three more weeks at that and uh an exciting finish we have ahead of us as always we're going to start off with our uh discussion or for our discussion topics our week our weekend takeaways uh, Jazz, let's hop right into it. Your biggest takeaways from week 15. Uh, well, first and foremost, I mean, this whole COVID thing is going to get ugly. Uh, it's going to get ugly. It's, it already is ugly for a few teams. It's going to get ugly. Uh, and it's getting ugly at a bad time. You know, you, you don't want teams missing half their roster coming up to playoffs and fighting for a playoff spot. Like the Browns are the Browns. So who cares? Right. The, the bears are the bears. So who cares? But when this hits Kansas city, like, how Travis Kelsey is all of a sudden out and when it hits Tampa and Buffalo and New England and Indy and the Packers and when all of a sudden this starts hitting teams that are in the hunt or in the playoffs this is gonna suck this is gonna be tough man you know watching third fourth string guys guys who weren't even on the roster last week um you know start playing football for teams like it's I don't know man it's gonna be tough that being said, it is going to be one of the most exciting finishes to a season I can remember in a long time. Uh, every time I talk about like who someone's playing next, I'm like, well, shit, that game matters. <laughs> like there are no well, like, well, neither of these teams are going anywhere. So this one's kind of out. And like the games that you that are like that ended up like, I mean, the, the Texans ended up playing the, the Jags to a 30 to 21 game or something yeah. like that. Like, uh, Trevor Lawrence still couldn't throw a touchdown, but that's another story. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm reserving judgment on him until he gets a full off season. Um, and until he ends up, uh, you know, under a, a better coaching staff than what he had. Uh, the other thing is, man, the NFL, they have an image problem right now. Uh, and that image problem is figureheads saying things without follow through. Um, you know, Roger Goodell at the beginning of the season, when the big push for teams and players to get vaccinated happened, was get vaxxed or forfeit jk let's reschedule some stuff yeah that looks that's a bad look you like don't say it if you're like listen nobody like listen we understand you wanted to get people vaccinated you wanted to push but you can't say get vaxxed or forfeit and then reschedule three games this week you can't do that That, that's a bad bad look this has been and that's cut off your takeaways but all of this has been the um, the standard though, for the way that I think a lot of, you know, things not to get political or anything, but the way that COVID has been handled across the board. And this is, this kind of thing creates is a reason for the skepticism. You know, what are people, what, what's really important? Is it, is it player health? Is it money? Uh, you know, and it, it, it rolls that way into politics and, and all that stuff. And that's been the biggest question. And Goodell has just been another one in, in recent, you know, uh, 
over the last several months. It has kind of come off as a hypocrite. Uh, And the NFL has done a very good job getting everybody, uh, getting most of their talent vaccinated, right? And, uh, you know, sadly, unfortunately, it has not, it hasn't, it's panned out for the most part. It's panned out for the most part. But again, this this recent, like, just uh, blast, the surge uh, of COVID takes, you know, COVID, positive COVID tests has made, uh, you know, just, just made things very, very difficult and interesting. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess they, they don't re- remember that the internet is a uh, real thing and everything. Yeah, is, the internet doesn't forget. The, the internet does not forget. Video, pictures, quotes, all that said is remembered. And uh, they are un- they are relentless when it comes to uh, when it comes to digging up hypocrisy. So definitely uh, something to keep in mind there. Um, well, and the other side of that is this is now this type of I, like leadership or lack thereof is now stemming into the league itself. You know, you got um, Bruce Arians now who came out when he was asked about bringing Antonio Brown in and some of and his past and his antics said, you know, he's on a short leash. One one mistake, one misstep and he's gone. Right. Well, then he had 11 weeks of dominating the NFL. And then you found out he lied not only to the not only to the league, but to you in your team and your franchise about his vac status. And oh, now he's suspended for three games. Well, the big question was, what happens to uh, what happens to your boy? Well, Chris Godwin goes down with a nasty ACL injury, and all of a sudden, well, I don't care what people say. I'm doing what's best for my team. Okay, so you're letting Antonio Brown make you a liar. Right. He's basically saying, I am above reprieve because I am playing well and you need me. Yep. Yep. And oh, everybody sees it. Look. I agree. And that's, that's actually a brilliant takeaway from all of this. Um, I was, I was contemplating making COVID a football, a, a discussion topic this week, but, um, but, but I, I didn't want to hone in on it, but I, I think it, all, all of this is COVID all this, you know, uh, hypocrisy coming from NFL, from leaders, coaches, uh, all that stuff is, you know, I think it's warranted. I think it's, 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 it's right. We have to bring it up and, and yeah, I mean, what Antonio Brown did was pretty crazy. We've talked about it. Everybody knows what happened at this point. And, uh, and yeah, you know, if it's, you know, say that it's a lesser, like a wide receiver, not a, not a big name guy. Right. Yeah. Uh, say, say it's Scotty Miller. Right. Are you having the same conversation? Nope. Scotty Miller. Bye-bye or Cameron right. Brait, or an O.J. Howard, or, you know, one of those yeah. types. So They're someone gone. who at this point is generally replaceable. Correct. You know, yeah. I mean, and now you're talking about that guy being your number three, but still, like, I mean, having a good number three is a good thing, is a great thing. Having Antonio Brown as your third receiver was fantastic for, for Tampa Bay. Right. Uh, you take any one of these receivers out and fill them with a whoever, and it's, just okay. Scotty Miller has flashes in the pan of burning people deep, and whoever else is on that team has a little flash here or there, but they're not game changers. They're not going to take over a game the way Antonio Brown has for the first 12, 11 or 12 weeks of the season. Right. And all of a sudden, now it's no big deal that he did this and lied and, you know, falsified documents. And I mean, just the level that he went to to just basically say, I'm not like, I'm vaccinated. And you like, and you look like an idiot because you came out and waved the flag of we're the first team with a hundred percent vaccination status. Like, yeah, put that out there. We like, remember we, like yeah. you did. It's not even like the NFL put that out there. You yourself, Bruce Arians went to a stand and said, we are 100% vaccinated. No, you weren't. And now you said the guy who made me look like an idiot is too good for me to cut. Okay, bud. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe that's why your quarterback's telling the, uh, you know, opposing coaches to go fuck themselves. Yeah, it's 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 getting bad in Tampa Bay, getting getting a little getting a little messy. I think this uh, this this hot run that the team has been on is, is going is looking to self implode. Um, yeah, those are all great, great, great takes. Uh, looking around at some stuff and some things. Uh, man. Steelers are not Steelers aren't terrible. <laughs> are the Steelers not terrible or the Titans are shooting themselves in the foot? Yes. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the, the Steelers have a good defense. Uh, it's not as good as it was last year, but it's still very good. 
and it keeps them in games. We've seen it all year. Yeah, no doubt. I do want to bring this up, though. Tyler Huntley. I think if given. I feel like if given time to work under good coordinators, I think Huntley could eclipse. Um. I think he could eclipse Lamar Jackson. That's a hot take right there. Oh, that's a hot take. That's a spicy, spicy you're take. Not wrong. He's you're not big, wrong at all. No, you don't think so? I got laughed no. at. I got people Listen, were, I, Ravens fans were up in arms that I even said that. Uh, I would like, this This would be a fun one to have uh, our boy Willie on for, because this would be a fun conversation, I think, because he is a he's a big Lamar guy. Yes. Um, and I, we were, I was watching this game with some buddies after I got home from the... Uh, for the bills game on Sunday. And I was laughing because we were all talking about, they're like, you know, you could, if he, if he trotted out in the second half in Lamar's Jersey, nobody would know. <laughs> and like, and it's true that like, they look very similar, like similar haircuts, like similar body language, similar size build right. whole nine. And I went, I would tell, like, I would know. And they're like, how I go. Cause he can throw the football. <laughs> And, and it's right. really his, his arm looks better than Lamar. Is he as electric with his feet? No, I think he can be. I mean, well, he did pull off be. some pretty crazy runs, but I would, I feel like, you know, and I'm not like, I'm not here to shit all over Lamar, but man, I would rather have that than run first than bad passer. I think Huntley is a QB one somewhere within the next couple of years. I, I agree with that. I mean, I, honestly, what does this do for Lamar's contract situation? Huntley, Huntley has played good. I mean, he went toe-to-toe with the with the Packers defense and almost had him win. And yeah. honestly, if and we're going to talk about it in a moment here, but if Harbaugh's decision to just go to overtime and they go to overtime, I, th- I think that Baltimore could have pulled off that victory. They had no business with or without Lamar Jackson being in that game with Green Bay, who is the best team in the NFL. And Huntley went toe-to-toe, hitting everybody, spreading the ball around, all right, making things happen. I would dare so say that if you gave Tyler Huntley the same grooming, the same, um, you know, same time to grow, that Huntley would and could eclipse uh, Lamar Jackson in a year, a year's I, I give it, I would give it a year, year's time. I think you would. So yeah, little, I, yeah, I, I agree with you there. I really do. Uh, he's, he is officially on my list of guys that aren't currently starters that I would like to see go somewhere and start. Absolutely. Got to be in the right system. Got to yeah. be in the right system. No doubt about it, man. I love to see him in the saints like with him with Sean Payton. Oh my God. Oh my God. <sighs> It's because again, he's, he's Taysom Hill, but he can throw. Correct. Correct. So much and, better. And, and, and not just look like he's even a javelin 50 yards. Cause that's <laughs> like, listen, Taysom Hill can throw the football. It just, he just never knows where it's going. No, no, he does not trash boy. Um, all right. And then, I mean, there's not a, we're still haven't seen two games yet this week. That's another thing. We talked about the COVID stuff myself and, and Jaws were recording Tuesday afternoons we still haven't seen two of the uh two of our 16 games this week um so we don't know how to what to take from seattle and the rams then washington in philadelphia but um washington doesn't have a quarterback i know they they're they're starting a dude who was on the patriots last week (laughs) that's fantastic hey man cleveland almost won with nick mullins who's right you know, but like at, least, at least Mullins, I think, was at least on their practice squad or on their roster to some extent for at yeah. least a little bit. Well, I mean, you you're you literally just grabbed a dude and you're just going to throw a playbook at him and be like, hey, man, figure it out. Here you go. Pretty much. Um, you know, and everything that with everything that happened yesterday, 13 of the 16 AFC teams are 500 or better. So yeah. that is a uh, that is a very, very interesting statistic we have we have going forward. Man, what a finish we are in store for. Uh, and yeah, Matt Nagy should be gone yesterday. That's probably my final, uh, that's probably my final conclusion. I I feel like we come into this, this show every week with that. Um, and lastly, man, what a coach Dan Campbell is. I think that's, that'll be my last one. What a great coach. Dan Campbell is a guy I would want to play for. I would want to go out there and give it my all for, 
I don't care how bad Detroit Lions, the Detroit Lions record is. I don't care how bad Detroit Lions legacy in the National Football League is. I would want to go play for a coach like Dan Campbell. What a guy. What a guy. Took it to the Cardinals. Nothing to lose. And, uh, yeah, good for Dan Campbell. Good for Dan Campbell. Um, all right. That is our week 15 takeaways. Let's head on over to discussion topic number two. The uh, the Ravens have taken some, in my opinion, some very unnecessary losses. I get it. I I I I, uh, I appreciate the moxie of uh, Harbaugh calling to go for two points. Um, I think twice in the last three weeks, or twice. I, I forget the uh, the duration of it, but to go for two points, I, to go for I the actually, win. I actually have this for you right now. The Ravens lost three in a row by a total of four points. And all three games had a botched two point conversation. Uh, conversation <laughs> every week, every week, uh, a botched two point conversion in in all of them. So they're also two for eight on the year. Uh, the NFL average is forty nine point six. The Ravens average is twenty five percent. Interesting. You know, uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, just want to have an open end discussion about it. I love the aggressiveness. I really, I really, truly do. Um, I appreciate the the fact that a lot of like statistics analytics are are leaning towards going for that two point conversion, um, you know, for going for it on fourth down. That's this and that. But man, with how tight the AFC is right now, how could you risk? Right, I mean, it's high risk, high reward. Makes he looks like a genius, but man, three games. How how good do the Ravens look at what ten and four right now? Yeah, with those two games. Yeah, I mean at like, least if you take it to overtime, you know uh, some things that happen. It, it like I feel like you always just got to take it. You always got to try and take it to overtime. Usually, unless you really know. Um, I I think I try to take it to overtime against the Steelers. Um, because their defense, I mean, their offense doesn't move the ball great. Right. They were moving the ball well at the time. But, I mean, you come back and tie the game with almost no time left. The momentum's on your side, right? Like, you you score last to push it to overtime. Momentum's on your side. I think against that team, I kick and go to overtime. I, I, don't, I don't hate the call this week for two reasons. One, you're playing Aaron Rodgers. You're playing the best team in football. And all it takes is two throws and he scores. Right. Um, and with the amount of time left, it was pretty much, you know, we, you know, they, they can, if we kick it, they have 42 seconds left and all they have to do is get in the field goal range, which is for Aaron Rodgers is easy, is easy, but they don't have to, cause they can go to overtime. If we score and we are up by one, now they have to, they have to push the ball. They have to try to go downfield and they have to try to get in field goal range or they're going to lose, which puts the pressure on them. Right. And he asked his team, he asked the boys, what do you want to do? And they said, let's roll. I did like the boys that. said, let's go. And he said, all right, let's go. And after the fact, uh, Mark Andrews walked, came up to him and was like, yo, it was the right call. It was absolutely the right call. Right. You know, and, Harbaugh, and Harbaugh said, like, oh, I thank you. I appreciate that. He's like, no, seriously, it, I'm not, not lip service. We should go for it every time. Yeah. Like every time in this situation, we should be going for it. My issue with it is of their selection of plays for a two-point conversion. Uh, they've had seven passes to one run on eight attempts and six straight passing attempts to Andrews. Um, I, I think, and I didn't like the play call against the Steelers. I, I will never understand calling a play that is designed to not cross the goal line or to not cross the first down marker. Like you're throwing a pass that's not, to the point you need to get to. Um, you, I don't like there. that. Tennessee did that recently too against the Patriots. They, they're they looking for some play that was well underneath and just well guarded. Um, and, and yeah, you got to catch the ball and get in the end zone. I don't like that. I don't like that. You know, and, and then this one, you know, I didn't like this play call this week because it was, it was an auto roll right, which means you're already on a short field. You have 13 yards to work with, and now you're cutting. You have 52 yards north, uh, east, and west. You roll right. You're cutting half the field off at right. least with a young quarterback with a with an inexperienced quarterback. It's you're cutting two thirds of the field off at least. Right. 
Um, you know, and, and if Huntley can, if Huntley has the wherewithal to stop and look, he had Hollywood Brown dragging the back of the end zone. He just wasn't there yet. Right. Um, but you know, it was, it was really, there were, there was one route there that he had a shot at, which was Andrews. And he was the dude you were going to the entire time. Andrews had a day. Who do you think they're keying on? I just, right, I, Mark, yeah. plays. I think there's better plays there. I don't mind the decision. I, I do mind the play call on both occasions. Right. No, I, I definitely, I, I definitely agree. They, I mean, Andrews, what, like double, triple covered, something like uh, that. At least double, like there was somebody like draped over his back and someone else like breaking on the ball at the same time. Yeah. Who yeah. I believe is the one who made the play. It wasn't even the guy that was covering him. It was a safety that like, as soon as he saw the sprint out, he started moving and knowing he was going to that pylon to get Andrews. And as soon as he cocked his arm, the dude broke and made the play. I was, they knew what you were doing. You limited, you limited what they had to do against you. And that, I, and that's what the problem with. No, I, I, I concur. I concur that. Yeah. The, it was the play call. Wasn't great. It's just, it's so tough. Like, I mean, I, I feel like right now, every game's a playoff game and, and you got to be, like you got to be better prepared for those situations, right? Because because the Ravens right now they went from uh, number one in the AFC North for majority of the season, I would dare say, at least the last month, which is important. That's where you want to be. Uh, to now they've been bumped out of the playoff picture completely. Yeah, they are. They're the eight seed looking up. You know, so now you you just went from a home playoff game to no playoff game to no playoff game and uh, of course things got to happen you are not going to control your destiny right now so i i i I guess this is why they get paid the big bucks the coaches but man what a game especially with how tight the afc north is it's just there's so much that goes into this you got to be better prepared i mean it, it if this was a once, like if it was like, oh, just sporadic, just once, you know, uh, a one-time two-point conversion failure, I, you know, okay, that's fine. I appreciate the aggressiveness, but this is a repeated, um, repeated offense that that's going on right now, and you know, you're just, you're just digging yourself a bigger hole to climb out of. The Ravens should be the, you know, aside from shooting themselves in the foot, they should be the number one team in the AFC right now. Yeah. Without question. And I, I think if they win these two games, they would have been. Um, yeah. But the other, the other part of this is we're talking about a team who Lamar Jackson was the MVP through what, 35 or 33 touchdowns in a year. Yeah. Uh, and most of them were from the five yard line in. What happened? What happened to that? Like to being a goal line stud team that couldn't, if you got it, if they got in the 10, you didn't stop them. Right. You didn't stop them. Now they're, half the league average and two point conversions. How, like, what did your offense become? Like, did, did you, did you throw out that portion of the playbook to be like, Oh, we want to prove that we don't need to be that team. Why it worked. Like that portion of the playbook is what I would have kept. Like, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Like keep, okay. We have, we have a specific playbook from the 10 yard line to the goal line because people can't stop it. So let's go. And now you're like, you're this team that's trying to finesse these, you know, these weird rub plays and rub routes and stuff. And, you know, front corner comebacks and, and stuff like, what are you doing? No clue. What's changed. No clue. What's changed. Their wide receivers have gotten better. Uh, the running backs have gotten better. I, I, I don't know what's happened. Yeah. I, I don't know what's happened. You're getting the best out of Devontae Freeman that he's been in the last half decade. Like, come on, mate, just be better, be better. So um, yeah, a lot of questions there, but yeah, right now Baltimore is on the outside looking in. Go going from the third, they're probably what the second or third seed just last week to all the way to yeah eighth seed. So um, a lot of help is now they're going to need some help. Now they're going to need some things to go their way. Um, and Cincinnati is back on top of the FC North. All right, discussion topic number three. Uh, as of this past weekend. As of this past weekend, uh, Carson Wentz has taken enough snaps to the point where uh, Philadelphia now owns Indianapolis's first round pick in 2022. 
uh, retrospective on the year. All right. Who won this trade? Uh, was it Indianapolis? Was it Philadelphia? Was it both? Uh, or was it neither? Was it neither? So I think on this one, um, I'm not ready to crown the Colts a winner on this yet. Right. Um, I mean, I, I would like to see better than five for 12 out of my guy. Um, but when you have the best running back in the game, you, you know, they don't ask how they ask how many, right? They don't, right. they don't ask how Carson Wentz won that game, but Carson Wentz got a win on that one. Um, yeah, as far as anything else, I mean, you, you're not going to know what Philly got out of it until they use those draft picks probably in a couple of years. Right. You know, so in, in 2022, if, I mean, if the Colts are picking, you know, late twenties, because they're really good. Did, did you really win? I don't know. Um, you know, and if, and at that point your, your, your risk of a first round bust pick are, is pretty good. Right. And it's your Philadelphia. So who knows? Um, I, I have no faith in that organization to make anything of these picks work. Um, I think on paper, if I had to, if I had to choose right now, I think, I, I think Indy wins solely in the fact that they got a quarterback, like they got a, a serviceable quarterback. Um, I, I don't, I don't see Philadelphia making enough out of these draft picks to, to make them like to make this a wash, to make this a push. Uh, solely in the fact that I just don't, I just don't have any faith in Philadelphia as an, as an organization. Right. I, I can agree with that. I, I think, you know, I, I thought it would be an interesting topic to bring up this week because of the, you know, the official snap count um, going Philadelphia's way for that first round draft pick. Um, I know Carson did five, five for 12, not the, not a great stat line at all. One of the lowest uh, PFF grades, if that even accounts for anything, but um you know, I think Carson has largely been good this year and uh, largely been good. You know, you haven't needed to depend on him heavy. I think the the upside with the Carson Wentz to Indianapolis deal has been he's been able to make throws and make plays with his feet when absolutely necessary to extend drives. Right. A couple mistakes, untimely picks, all that stuff. But but, man, if it's third and long, you need a you need a first down. He's going to be able to deliver the ball. Or he's gonna go and you know on a fourth and one QB sneak it, get the first down. That's something that the uh, you know the Colts is in again. As much as I wish Philip Rivers could have came back this year, as much as I love Philip Rivers, um, you couldn't do with him. And this offense is opened up because of you know because of Carson Wentz's ability. Um, to throw and and have mobility at the same time, you know I, I I get the five for twelve thing. It 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 stings right now because it's recency bias. I feel right. You know uh, Carson threw a bunch against Tampa Bay and played pretty good against them. Um, you know New England has a really good secondary, so I understand the game planning and game game scripting for that. Um, but I, th- I think in the, in the context of this question, uh, so far, so good. I think for Indy, I think it was, um, I think it was worth a first round pick. If they could have got us, got away with a second, that wouldn't have been bad. So bad too. But I mean, really in this, in this upcoming draft, what would you have done with a, for, with that first round pick? You're not going to grab a, 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 a cuter, uh, Jesus, I, a, quarterback in this draft that's gonna it's gonna game change your franchise right well, you're and that's and that's really the big thing is you know any any starting quarterback any quarterback that's going to come to your team and and start is worth a first round pick yeah which is why guys like deshaun watson are trying to they're, they're trying to get three two or three first round picks for him because now he's not just a starter he's a top 10 top five guy potentially um so yeah, I think I mean you get away with this with a first round pick, and you expect your team to be good in the next couple of years. So it'll be a late first round pick. Yeah, absolutely. If I'm getting Carson Wentz for the, I don't know, twenty second, twenty third, twenty fourth overall pick. Yeah, all right, I'm in. Right, like, it's an upgrade from what you had last year because I, as much as I like Philip Rivers, um, just that athleticism and mobility. You know, you're trading a little bit of the, 
of the, the that veteran savvy that that knowledge that wisdom that came with Philip Rivers yeah. for a better arm and a better athlete. Right. So he makes so he makes some dumb choices, but he also makes plays that the other dude couldn't. And he will grow if the Colts can put more wide receiver help around it. Because outside of Pittman, who's been at, kind of at the last month or so, uh, you know, I, I think you know that is enticing. You know, mostly with this, it's it's Jalen Hurts. The question of Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia is he the guy going forward? Um, you know, for the Philadelphia Eagles, he's partner. He's paired with a really great coach in Nick Sirianni, who still I know understand finding his, uh, getting his kind of feet wet in the head coaching department. Really good offensive coordinator though, and you know, like Philly, like you know, I'm not a Philadelphia fan, but. You know, would you have rather gone into this year with with Carson Wentz with the, this this team, this re-envisioned team, with some pretty decent draft picks and a new head coach, and or or you know go with Jalen Hurts, who you know I hasn't shown, I don't think has shown a whole lot either. Uh, I I think if they figured out their running game earlier, I think right now they might be kicking themselves like, oh man, if we had Carson, we'd have we'd have it all, right. Um, but, you know, now you figured out your running game. You proved last week that you can run the football and have a quarterback that can throw. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think you didn't have a choice, but to put your, your eggs in the young rookie or young second year quarterback basket. Um, mostly because it was kind of the devil, you know, versus the devil. You don't like, you knew what you were getting with Carson, but you were hoping that Hertz was better. Right. I don't think he is. I, I don't, um, and I think they would be better with Wentz, but I mean, you weren't. Yeah, I, I I really think walking into a a severe quarterback controversy like they would have in that situation really would have been probably detrimental to all parties involved. You know, you would have shed. You basically would tell you tell the young kid, I don't, we don't think you have it. You tell the old guy, we don't think you have it, and it could potentially set your franchise back another year or two for sure for sure so i mean i think right now i think immediate impact uh i believe that you know the colts have made out for the time immediate time being um i will say that i think philadelphia getting that first round draft pick is really sweet it's really nice uh but it depends on what they do with it of course they've kind of whiffed on a lot of draft picks in, in recent years uh, they, they have Jalen Ragor has been God awful. Devonte Smith has been, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? As well as some other pieces that they, you know, that, that they've, they've drafted and try to recruit and make this team better. Um, they've been with, so it's all about, uh, I believe his name is Howie Roseman as their general manager. It, it all depends on what they, what, what they end up doing with that, with that draft pick and, and what it becomes. So I think in a, a two years time, I think it's pretty safe to say, um, but I think, uh, past the as far as the eye test goes, Colts are in a little bit better of a position than Philadelphia is at the moment. But that's that's just me. That is just me. All right, discussion topic number four. All right, looking around at the NFL, you know, it's the last quarter of the season. Um, we're starting to get those teams that are, eh, they're out, they're done. You know, so some teams that are close, no doubt about it. But I wanted to ask, you know go around and see which of these bottom feeder <laughs> mouth breather teams um, <laughs> have the potential to make a, you know, a big time turnaround uh, in 2022 based on everything, based on salary cap, the roster, all that jazz. So right now our last place teams are as follows. We have the jets in the AFC East. They're three and 11 Cleveland. I mean, <sighs> I can't even really consider those them bottom feeder team. They're at 500 uh, AFC South. We have Houston and Jacksonville at three and 11 and two and 12 respectively. Um, I don't even know if I can call Denver a bottom feeder team. <laughs> They're not playing too bad this year. They I have mean, a lot would, of issues, but I would consider the Raiders more bottom feeder. And yeah. They're tied. So they're tied for last in my opinion. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, the giants at four and 10. The Lions at two eleven and one. The Bears at four and ten. Uh, the Panthers at five and nine, and Seattle at five and eight. Yeah, 
very, very interesting stuff there. So who, in our opinion, you know, ha- has the most maybe upside heading into uh, 2022 with draft capital um, players kind of showing up all that jazz. I would like to kick this one off. Um, I think if Carolina can find a quarterback this, this off season, that Carolina is instantly a contender. I think if they find a quarterback, that's been their biggest problem since Cam fell off of a cliff is the quarterback position, right? They have a defense that is really, really good and played the Bills really, really good this past weekend. The defense did. They lost the position battle doing, you know, with some stuff, taking chances on offense, and it just did not work out in their favor. But, man, that defense is good, and they have really good talent at wide receiver. Um, the Giants are, are a mess, in my opinion. Uh, Jacksonville is a mess. Houston is still a mess. The Jets are not great. If I had to pick one, and people are going to crucify me outside of Carolina, I think Detroit's on to something. I do. I really, really do. All right. They have draft picks. They have players who play up. All right. Just about every single game, aside from the Philadelphia game, I believe, the Lions have been competitive. They have young, hungry talent. I think that's one of the most important things. A forward-thinking coach who's a who believes in his players. You know, um, I honestly think, and it's not going to happen this way. It's not going to happen this way. But man, if you give a lot of these players another year under Dan Campbell. I think you see some steady, steady improvement. I really, truly do. We've talked about Jared Goff in in, in recent weeks, and you know, I know he's had a has had an up and down year, um, but the, their victories, you know, it, just astounding what they did against against Arizona this week. Mm-hmm. And I know that's only one sample size. I know that's only one sample size, but man, the heart they showed against the Rams, against um, and the. Heart and the balls that showed against the Rams. Yeah, trick plays, early onside kicks, like just yeah, we're gonna come get, we're gonna we're gonna come take it from you. Yeah, of, I mean the Rams ended up winning, but you know they they made it interesting. They certainly did. Um, I would definitely say that the I, I would actually dare so say that the Lions might be in a better spot than Carolina. I I, I really do. Uh, you know, we're talking about Dan Campbell. This is a guy who I think players will want to go and play for. You know, a great a great team would want to go or a great player would want to go and play for Carolina right now. I don't know. I don't know the. Uh, I don't know the situation. I, I don't think I don't even know if I like their head coach anymore. They got rid of Joe Brady, who I thought was pretty good. And it's just it's muddled that they have a, a nice foundation, but I don't know if they're going to get that quarterback and they're tied to Christian McCaffrey for an extended amount of time. It was injury who's been nothing but injuries 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 the last couple of years i like the i like the groundwork that detroit has into into turning this you know team around it's going to be listen it's rogers division until rogers it's, it's the packers division until rogers leaves let's just say that and that could be as soon as next this offseason and then the sucker's wide open we've seen what the packers are without aaron rogers all right, Minnesota is the most competent team right now outside of the Packers, and they're they're iffy. Chicago's a mess. I really like what the Lions have foundationally. So, yeah, I agree with you. Um, and really, those those would be my two picks as well. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, I, I I would throw the Jets in the conversation because I'm not ready to hang it up on uh, Robert Salah yet. I like Salah. I like Salah a lot. I don't want to. I don't want to discredit Salah, but I do not like Zach Wilson. I, I don't either. And I think you're. Di- I think they're digging out of a deeper hole than people think, as far as like, overall as a franchise. Yeah. Um, you know the Panthers. So the Panthers and Lions. I mean, if you want to compare the two, uh, the Panthers have two great pass rushers with Brian Burns and uh, Hassan Reddick. Yeah. Hassan Reddick's going to get paid next year because he's had he's on a one year deal. Uh, a one-year prove-it deal, and he done proved it. 
So that man's going to get paid. And whether you pay him or someone else pays him, he's getting paid. Uh, and I don't know if you're in a position with what, other, with, with the other things you need, if you can pay to keep him around. Right. Um, I mean, their defense doesn't do bad. Then they their, their secondary does well because they put pressure on the quarterback and, you know, with the, with their front four and, you know, so they have a, they have a good groundwork there. Um, you know, they have a couple good receivers out there. They have, I mean, there's a lot going on good in Carolina, despite the five and nine record, because that five and nine record is directly indicative of your stud running back who is when he is on the field, one of the best in the game. Mm-hmm. Problem is he can't stay on the field. The best thing that could happen to you is that dude says I'm a two injury prone. I'm retiring. That right. would be which Carolina has a history of that happening to them. Uh, they had one of the best linebackers in the league who retired at what? 27. I don't know. He was 30. Keekly was 30. But I mean, but still, it's still probably three to five years. But early. even still, right, right. You know, I agree. Do but, um, you know, so the best thing that could probably happen to them as far as like being locked to somebody would be McCaffrey to either find a way to stay healthy or to retire because he, that's going to handcuff him. And you look at the Lions, you have a bridge quarterback who you can keep for the next three to five years at least until you can find and build and train a replacement. What about your running back? Well. They got some young kid named uh, named Swift out there who's pretty darn good and just starting to come into his own. I couldn't believe that they signed Adrian Peterson last year after drafting him. Right. Very then, intriguing, right? You know, so and then this year, the kid proved, you know, he obviously got banged up this year. But when he was on the field, he did really, really well. That backup crushed it this weekend. Yeah, I can't remember what the heck his name was, which, but that which backup crushed it like uh, that that tells me you have a pretty decent or something figured out at least at the, at the offensive line. Yeah. Um, I'm on Ross St. Brown is a stud. That dude is a stud. I, I saw some weird stat going into this week or like partway through their game this week that he hadn't dropped a pass in five games. Yeah. Like that. He, every ball, every ball that was targeted to him, he caught. Right. Which, which means a golf is hit is it's putting it within his range and B he's not dropping balls. That dude, the kid's a stud. He's going to be a really good receiver for a long time in this league. For sure. For sure. And that's that's a good foundation to build off. Absolutely. They finally yeah. just piss tested him, too, I see. That was that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, I, I I laughed about that one, too. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you look at what these guys, what these guys got to work with and they they they're in a good spot and they have that coach that you think dudes are going to want to play for. Which I think is an X factor. Like coming to like for it, it coming to a city and you know it's it's cold up here, but they have a dome. Yeah. And you have a coach that guys are gonna want to play for. Um I, I think they have a good thing going on. Like you said, the Giants are a joke. Uh the Seahawks have a lot more problems than I think they want to admit to. You know, the Falcons, despite despite being only a game better right now, um, I, I don't I think they have some things they gotta work out that are a lot deeper too. The Broncos get a quarterback and they are, they're going to be scary, but I don't consider them like that bottom feeder team. Like they're that team. That's one, one piece away. You know, you see Aaron Rodgers go to Denver and that, that division might flip. Yeah. Entirely, entirely would. That would be, man, I you don't know. know. The, the Browns are supposed to be at the top of the division every year and find a way not to be. They're not a bottom feeder team. And the Jags and the Texans are just in shambles. They could combine and still be one shitty team. <laughs> and Davis Mills would start. Yeah, I I think there's an upside of Davis Mills. He's there's something there. There's something there for him. Um, I think Tyrod would start over Trevor Lawrence right now. Yeah, I I think Trevor Lawrence. I I think that Trevor Lawrence might be a might be a bust. I have not seen anything anything i know he's been dealing with urban meyer but i have not seen anything good come out of trevor lawrence this year nothing and you don't bring in an offensive minded head coach you're just signing up for however long it takes you to fire that guy for a more just mediocrity and bullshit which good for you and the colts because if i had the texans and the jags in my division i'd be like sweet (laughs) Yeah, it's not so shabby. It's not too shabby right now. It's not too shabby. All right. Our final discussion topic for this week. Um, 
three Super Bowl matchups that are most enticing to you. Um, could be personal. It could be what you think would make a really great game. Good storyline. We love talking about storylines and stuff. What are the three most enticing games, um, p- potential matchups that you would that you see? I would enjoy seeing, and as much as I hate to say this, I'm going to start with it because it's probably my least favorite. I would like to see Kansas City against Green Bay. I think like that that could be like your almost your passing of the guard, right? If, uh, you could see that one being the, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes showdown that I think we all kind of kind of hope for and didn't get earlier this season. You know, we didn't get that because, you know, he was out. Jordan Love played. It was a, it was a garbage game. Um, I think that one, one that one would be intriguing as a whole. I would also like to see uh, Cincinnati against like San Francisco. Oh, I like that. That's a very 80s. Yeah, very and, 80s. I like that. I mean, the the Niners are turning are coming around. You know, they're they're figuring out a way to win football games using anybody and everybody as a running back. Um, you know, coming around and and finding ways to win football games. Their defense is playing better, you know, and the Bengals are a sneaky good team. I don't think anybody had the Bengals at 8 and 6, let alone leading a division. Right. The fact that they're eight and six leading a division tells you all you need to know, but that's beside the point. <laughs> like they're playing good football. You know, they're defensively, they're good. Offensively, they're explosive. Joe Mixon is a friggin' animal this year, you know, and that just shows what he can do when he doesn't have to do it all. Right. Joe doing, doing good stuff, not having a sophomore slump after, you know, losing his knee in, entirely last year. Um, and then a personal one for me, I would love to see a Buffalo Bills, Arizona Cardinals Super Bowl. For one reason and one reason alone. Last year, the Bills lost on the Hail Murray. It was the single greatest highlight of the Carolina, or sorry, Carolina, of the uh, of the Cardinals defense. Cardinals defense. Jesus Christ, Jaws, talk. Uh, it was the single greatest <laughs> highlight of this Cardinals season last year. It is the only good thing they did. You know how I know that? It's because I haven't stopped seeing the highlight since then. Also, they didn't win a game after it. That was their Super Bowl. They beat the Bills on a Hail Mary, and that's all. Like, I, I, like the Bills would talk, would, would say anything on Twitter, and the Cardinals, like, the Cardinals Twitter would quote tweet it with a video of the Hail Mary. Like, and I would just love to see the Bills come at, come out this year. Arizona makes it. They, they figure their stuff out. They muddle through the playoffs, and they meet the Bills at the end, and the Bills get a redemption in the literal Super Bowl. Right. I would love that. That would be my personal, like, let's oh, go. Okay. I could dig that. I could dig that. Indian, it would be a, a good number two for me, aside from the Bills, because I, I, and you know this, I've been saying for a long time, Indy's going to be a problem. Indian who? Who would be the? Uh, who cares? Indy and anyone. I, I agree with that. I definitely agree with, with that notion. I would love to see Indy in the Super Bowl. I don't know if there's a matchup there that, like, hooks me. You know what I mean? I mean, them against anyone would be cool, but I, I don't know if there's, like, a like a fun storyline. You know what, you know what I'm saying? I want I want them against Dallas Dallas cuz I want JT to just run over that defense. Oh. Can't pick it off if we don't throw it. JT versus Oh, that would be interesting. JT versus Zeke. Uh yeah. Darius J- JT versus Pollard. Who are what are you talking that's about? That's true. That's fair. Pollard's the stud there. <laughs> uh Leighton Vanderesh and Darius Leonard, who everybody's they both came out of the same draft class, and Cowboys fans said that always said that Vanderesh was way better than Darius Leonard. And then you get an NFC East uh, quarterback rematch, uh, Dak and, and Carson Wentz in the same uh, draft class. That is a good one. I'll, I'll make that an honorable mention. I will. Um, would not to h- hate to see a all Los Angeles Super Bowl, Chargers versus Rams. Uh, I do like that one. I'm a, still a big low-key supporter of the Los Angeles Chargers. Still the best-looking team in the NFL. That would be the best-looking Super Bowl ever. <laughs> oh, my God. Best-looking Super Bowl ever. You like the, the Chargers Navy Blues against, like, the the Rams, like, yellow. Aren't they in L.A. this year for the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah. So, which means, let's be honest, if it wasn't the Super Bowl, if that game happened, like, 17 people would watch, but that's beside <laughs> I, I do like the idea of that one. Um, 
there's still a part of me. There's still a part of me, uh, a part. Uh, there's still a part of me uh, that would not hate to see a New England Tampa Bay Super Bowl. I think it would be. It would be. I know. <laughs> it would be the most hated, you know, hated Super Bowl. I think from a, 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 a I think I would America, debate, America would rather masturbate than watch that Super Bowl, but they would, they would, I would still tune in debate not watching the Super Bowl this year for a, like so, for so many reasons like that. The commentary teams on that jacking off both teams. It would just be a Bukaki video. Who wants that? Probably no, nobody. That's not the kind of Bukaki video that people in America like. No. No, um, that is a low key, interesting one because their game back in, in September or October was was not too shabby. I think it's a, got a fun story there. I think the last one would be. I was leaning towards Buffalo and Arizona. I definitely won't have that one, but I think, man, I would I would not hate to see a Buffalo Tampa Bay rematch. I they played each other pretty good, you know, Buffalo going up against Tom Brady again. They played really good in the second half. All right, clean up some mistakes. Uh, I think that could be a hello test test. Okay, my microphone got unplugged. My bad. Um, I do not want to see Kansas City in a Super Bowl again. Okay, I'm over that experience. I I, th- I think I'd be happy as long as Casey does not get into the Super Bowl. Um, Everybody else I'm intrigued by, though, I would, wouldn't hate seeing like Green Bay and, you know, Green Bay, everybody on the NFC side I'm cool with. But but I just do not want to see KC like it, people are talking. ooh, a KC, uh, a KC Tampa rematch. Yeah, no, no, I'm good on that. I'm the only on. way I want to see Kansas City is if Green Bay goes. Just right. Because like you said, yeah, I, I still don't think that Mahomes and, and Rodgers have played against each other. They haven't. They were supposed to there's this uh, this year was supposed to be the first time and we got uh the sputtering Chiefs against the Jordan Love led Packers for a fucking snooze fest. Yeah. Every time that they've played, there's one of them has been hurt or out. Yeah. So crazy, crazy. But um but yeah, so those are those are some of our dream matchups, I guess, right now at this point. Uh and that is our episode, everybody. Uh enjoy. Enjoy. We got Christmas coming up. Uh, we still have a couple more episodes to go this week. We're not shying away from that. Uh, if you if this is your only le- episode of the week that you listen to us for, we wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever uh, whatever you celebrate. But uh, but that is it. We are out on behalf of Jaws and I. Till next time, the two point conversation is good. Yeah, it's fine.